when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks, starting with a quote of the week. This one is maybe recognizable for many of you, or some of you. It's by Paulo Coelho, and it's from The Alchemist. And the reason I picked this one is because I was thinking back at one book that I read several years ago during the summer that kind of every summer it uh, brings me back to that read. And it's just not a long anecdote, just that my brother recommended that I read The Alchemist. And he went on and on about how it was such a life-changing experience for him and that I need to take part in this life-changing experience. And you know how I love personal recommendations like this, recommendations that people give because it was such an impactful um read or listen for them. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get to know you in this way. So I will go ahead and pick this book up. Well, I read it and I loved it. And then after going through this short, but quite well-written and of course, classic book, The Alchemist, the English translation of it, I reached back out to my brother and said, hey, thanks for the recommendation. I finally uh, read The Alchemist. Now I can put that in my archives. And he said, great. How was it? And I said, you know, it was great. Thanks. You, but you know this. You recommended it. He said, no, I haven't read it yet. What? <laughs> Why? Why did I think you read it? Why was it themed this way during our conversation when you were recommending The Alchemist? And he said, oh, no, I just I thought that we should both be reading it because it was so highly recommended by everybody else, you know, and it feels like such a motivational um, book and a journey that people need to take part in. So we should both be reading it. I said, great. So now you can read it. Anyway, regardless, thank you for the recommendation, Amu. And now I've read The Alchemist and I quite enjoyed it. Let's look at the CELA homepage. Go to celalibrary.ca. That's where you can find the Center for Equitable Library Access and their plethora of books, many categories and a giant catalog. The three featured titles on the homepage that are up there right now are Queen Charlotte by Julia Quinn. This is a historical romance. The second one is Page Boy by Elliot Page, and this is an LGBTQ plus biography wrapping up Pride Month here. So a great book recommendation right there for you. And Snow Road Station by Elizabeth Hay. This is a family story. We will in the next few weeks get into some of these more deeply, but those are the three books that are out there right now. And... We have a conversation coming our way with Amir Khan. He's an audiobook worm. And on today's episode, we're talking about our book preferences. Now, he says we can break this down into what's comfortable, what's expected, and what's still to come. I'm very curious about the difference between comfortable and expected. So, of course, Amir being... uh, the kind of reader that he is will break down a lot of this for us and I'm sure we'll get into some great discussion so stick around because well we'll be stepping away from The Alchemist and getting into some other reads starting off our summer can you believe that summer just started it feels like summer's been around for a while now this is AMI Audiobook Review (laughs) 
You're listening to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And at the end of the month, we check in with Amir Khan, our favorite audiobook worm. We go through picks of three, themes of three, and sometimes that's three authors, three books, titles, series. Um, but today, we're stepping out. Comfortable, expected, and upcoming. Amir, um, why we go here? Why? What's what's this about for the month? Yeah, I think it's about uh, the summertime. Uh, a lot of us get a lot busier in the summertime and and don't get a chance to read as much. Or we like to read things that are much more fun, much more expected, much more comfortable for us to read. Uh, I think in the wintertime, we, we t- tend to pick up books which are a lot more serious. Um, you know, the the common term is beach reads and things like that in the summertime. So, right. Um, yeah. Just has that kind of vibe to it, and uh, me myself, uh, who typically reads several books a month, uh, have slightly slowed down this one. So, um, I wanted to give a flavor of, of things that uh, I like to read, uh, especially if you've gone through a very heavy book, or or if you picked up a classic like I did last month, like Pride and Prejudice, and you, you just want a, a change of pace and go back to something more comfortable and expected. I thought it'd be a great theme to uh, to share with the listeners. It's hard not to want to change pace after Pride and Prejudice, huh? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's a solid pace changer. Okay, that's cool. Let's start with comfortable then. And I totally agree, by the way. It's summertime hits and you f- start to crave just wanting to go back to things you loved uh, from maybe even past summer reads. It's yeah, the same I, thing with music, same thing with TV, I think. Exactly. And, you know, the, the book I read sort of after Pride and Prejudice was Thank You for Listening, which uh, was a very different book and mm-hmm. had me in stitches. And sometimes you read books where you're like, you know what, I am going to read this book again because I enjoyed it so much, but not immediately. Um, and that was one of the books that definitely made the list for, for me. Um, there's not too many books that I would that I would consider rereading. Um, that's one of them. And it's very comfortable. It's very, uh, it makes you laugh. There's some serious notes to it. But it's just a great ride, um, and and you want to get on that ride again. So, that's that's definitely something for me. Um, another book which is less less on the comfortable side, but I, I still really enjoy rereading it um, several times is Orson Scott Card's Ender's Game. Um, oh, that's a good book. Yeah, it's it's a book that you know uh, I, I chose for the book club, and uh, it was sort of unanimously enjoyed by everyone, even non sci fi folks. Uh, it is a sci fi book. It is a young adult book as well, and uh, I'm finding more and more when I, I get in that mood of, of wanting something comfortable or expected, I tend to reach for for young adult, um, which tends to have some great themes and be a little less dark than, than most. Uh, Ender's Game sort of has a bit of everything mm-hmm. uh, in terms of being a little bit sweet, in terms of uh, the, the children running around in, in the book, but uh, also some dark themes about what the adults are making them do and, and uh, you know the state of humanity in general. Honestly, Ender's Game, I don't even know if I would consider that a summer read. Like if I was recommending it to somebody, mm-hmm. um, because it's not necessarily light and fluff, right? No, it's, there are a not. lot of no. deeper themes, exactly. And it's it a is. longer book, too. Even just time-wise, it's not necessarily a, you know a quick five-hour, ten-hour. But as someone who's already read it, I 100% agree with you that I would pick it up in the summertime. There's something, like, there's places where it takes you. And I'm not sure if it's just because they float around a lot. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that, and then it's a whole series. So um, although yeah. I have read some of the other books, they get much, much more serious and adult. 
the one right. uh, that sort of I, I read as a companion to it is called Ender's Shadow. And it's basically the same timeline as Ender's Game, but from a different character's perspective, the perspective of Bean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's always fun to read, too. So that's, um, you know, if you've read Ender's Game, you really enjoyed it. Ender's Shadow is a great sort of um, uh, part two for, for that. Um, you know, we have some friends which like uh, other series um, and like to reread. Um, Ramya, I believe your favorite is Harry Potter, of course. Oh, that one's so hard. I'm not sure how you got that one correctly. Yes. But you know what? Um, it has to be because I reread Harry Potter so much. Particular books remind me of um, certain times of the year. So if it's summertime, really? it's one book. Yes. If it's wintertime, it's another book because Potter's just so cozy. Right. The, like the audiobook for Potter. Yeah. Do you typically read from start to end or do you typically just... I can actually skip part, through a lot more now. Particular part mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, I feel like reading this part and exactly go to it. Yeah. yeah. Before it was um, much more structured and I had to start at the beginning and end at the end. But now, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> after like the 25th reread, uh, you can pick parts that you like or uh, portions that feel more summer, more winter, that kind of thing. Do you do that with any books, though? You start from the beginning, always. I usually I go from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think the books that I like to reread are are structured that way. Ender's Game is probably one of the exceptions where I could probably pick out from any, <laughs> any passage, and and I, I'd still enjoy reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the same for something like The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue as well. Oh, my gosh, um, amazing book. An absolutely amazing book, but it's not strictly necessary if you read the book already to go from beginning to end if you're doing a reread. Um, you know, was that a comfort book for you? It's just a pleasure to read, right? Um, right. And I think that's that there's a little bit of a difference there in terms of you know I, I'm not going to pick it up and and reread the whole thing cover to cover and feel comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. But it's written so well that I, I would really enjoy picking it up and reading a passage or two from it um, in in the summertime. And and the same with Three Daughters of uh, of Eve uh, by Alif Shafak. I mean, just beautifully written book. Um, not necessary to read the whole thing cover to cover again, but um, definitely, you know, the descriptions and things you would you would really enjoy uh, in terms of passage reading, I guess I would call it. Last year at the start of summer is when I first read To Kill a Mockingbird, followed I I... by um, Where the Crawdads Sing. And those two books now go hand in hand for me. They are, absolutely. They're absolutely linked, right? Yeah. Yes, Th- yes. There's so many commonalities in uh, description because you mentioned description. That's where I thought of. And the the feel of the two books are so set around, you know, climate and weather and just like the dog days of summer kind of. And so now whenever start, summer starts for me, like spring and summer begins that transition in my mind, I'm going through those books, even if I don't pick them up to read. Um, this year, I felt it. Like as the time change happened and yeah, I mean the I air think, changes. Yeah, I think books really do do put a setting in, in your head. I mean, if, oh, if you're a fan of something like like uh, a fan of an author like Nicholas Sparks, who's very very passionate about North Carolina, it's hard not to go to North Carolina and think of his books, right? Uh, because he's, he's so dedicated to that particular locale. Um, and you know, I'm sure lots of people have gone to New Zealand, uh, you know, uh, in lieu of Lord of the Rings, uh, in terms of those movies and and getting that setting and book and and getting all that sort of entire package, in terms of a mindset. I'm curious about the next part of this, the second third of our theme, which is expected. What does this mean? 
So expect it as longstanding, I, I, I call it longstanding series, or uh, maybe it's your favorite author. It, it's something that you turn to because you know what you're going to get. Um, it's not, it, it's very formulaic in terms of, you know, how the, the arc is going to be, or you know how the writing style is going to be. And it's just, it's just something that's comfortable to you because it's expected. You may not have actually read the book because again, it might be a longstanding series. Uh, for me, these are things like the Stephanie Plum series, which is very slapstick, very um, sort of comedic. Um, you have something like the Dallas series by uh, Nora Roberts or J.D. Robb, as she penned it originally, um, which is more of a sort of a cop and detective and crime stories mixed with some romance. Um, but I think for, for me, especially after a hard read, I, I love going back to young adult um, the Heartbreak Messenger is, is one of my personal favorites by uh, Alexander <laughs> so P. Cute. Alexander P. Vance. Um, and I, I still to this day don't know it. how you ended up with that book choice for book club. Uh, I think it it was no again, regrets. No regrets, and I think it was one of those other ones where I was looking for a certain book and that showed up, and I'm like, I wonder what this is about, and just decided oh, to man. read it. Um, so it, along like, those, is this even age appropriate? But I promise you, it was so cute. It is. Very it's well very worded. junior high um, level mm-hmm. reading, um, but it's it's just really heartwarming storyline. Yeah. Um, in that theme, Gordon Corman is, is is a young adult writer as well. Um, his McDonald Hall series is something I haven't finished yet, but they're very short books about some antics of some kids at a fictitious uh, boarding school outside of Ottawa. Um, and they're, they're a lot of fun to read as well. He's got lots of one-off books too. Um, and again, he, he, he does a great job of making light of, of a lot of more serious topics. I don't think I have anything like this, but I know so many people have. Uh, it doesn't even matter really the themes or the genre. It's just series that go on forever and ever. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the Eve Dallas series has been going on for, I don't know how many years, since the 80s. So, uh, you know, for me, it's not necessarily about the series. It's about the, the journey um, but that each each book sort of gets to you and you know the category is expected and, and in all of these they're very they're all very formulaic books right yeah. i mean when you pick up a gordon corman book it doesn't matter if it's um you know uh, in the mcdonald hall series or not it's you know it's going to be funny you know it's going to be uh, young adult uh it may be a little bit on the spectrum in terms of uh uh high school or the other way in terms of children but i mean you know that when you when you pick up the book and it's fairly obvious um, and, and other people have different, you know, expectations, right? I mean, other people would, would turn to the horror series. A lot of people like the Anne Rice novels in mm. terms of Dracula and, you know, vampires and, and whatever. Um, other people have, uh, you know, uh, enjoy classics, right? They pick up War and Peace or Crime and Punishment or <laughs> these monster books, which um not my cup of tea, frankly. That's the type of expected they want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if you would put... Authors, just authors under this expected category, or, or is it something Definitely. more specific when it's series? No, I think it's, it, it's it, it can be just authors too. A lot of people are are, are big fans of, of people like uh, Michael Connolly. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Nora Roberts, just Nora like Roberts, knowing what, how she writes. Uh, Daniel right. Steele, you know, John Grisham. These guys all had, you know, these authors all have uh, one-off books. They also have series, but you know, there's a lot of folks that are are eager to to read. Well, what they have to offer. Some of them do offer different types of books. I mean, I have mentioned some authors which were known for one thing and then came out with a completely different kind of book. So that definitely falls out of the expected category and sort of goes into a another category entirely, which is basically, you know, unexpected, something that you want to read that is completely unexpected. Mm. Um, 
even though it might be one of your favorite authors. I mean, Nora Roberts writes everything from romance to crime. So I feel yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's, uh, you know, if you pick up a Nora Roberts romance book, you know what you're getting. But uh, if you pick up a different one, well, you might be getting something else. Because mm-hmm. in the first part of the thing, when we're talking about comfort, it's a really mm-hmm. just nostalgia, right? When, when we're talking expected, mm-hmm. it's like you're comfortable with the world with the writing maybe you want to revisit some characters but you're okay to try something new so you'll carry on with the series or yeah. carry on with the new book a lot of times it's about character development too like oh yeah i really like sure. that character and i want to see more of that character uh, and i think it's a lot about the ending too you know what you're going to get in the book in terms of beginning to end right yeah i mean there's no surprises where you know you know your favorite character is going to get killed or <laughs> you know like it's it's not one of those books Hope where not. you're like all right you know, um, I, I think it's there's not some, Grey's Anatomy. It's not Grey's Anatomy, and I think some authors are known to be somewhat unpredictable. I think Michael Crichton is one of them. Uh, you know, uh, Dean Koontz is another one where you're not sure what you're going to get when you pick up one of his books. You know, it's going to be an interesting Ryan, but you really don't know if you're going to get a happy ending, a sad ending, or uh, no ending. Um, so, yeah. I think the expected category is, is definitely about about that in terms of, yeah. you know, picking up something where you know and are confident that you know how it's going to end. And it's not going to be too emotionally taxing for you. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, Do you recommend from this category a lot or is this your comfort? You're think, not necessarily I, I think this is, like, this is something that's sort of personal to people. Uh, I, I just sort of want to talk about it today. I mean, mm-hmm. I have recommended these series, but I mean... Just like everything else, I mean, if you're not a fan of, you know, crime and romance, you know, Eve Dallas is not going to do it for you, right? <laughs> so, right. Um, you know, some of these authors ha- have had some fantastic books, which I have recommended. Um, and even for the book club, it's, it's sort of a struggle with with series, especially because um, typically authors, the first book in the series is is not as good as some of the following books. Um, and that's a real struggle for the book club to be like, okay, we're going to read number five of of this series, even right. though you don't you don't know the characters and you haven't read book one. Um, so I haven't done that yet with the book club. Um, but uh, there are quite a few series where uh, you know the first book has been not the best one in the series, and it, it's it's an internal debate I have with regards to either to um, to skip a few and, and recommend it to the book club. Ooh. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, we're all different types of readers, right? And some people, if you're, if you know that um, the Eve Dallas series has been going on since the '80s, you might not even pick it up because it's that, right? Exactly. Because it's going on forever, and you're not sure if you're just going to be able to relax and pick up a book whenever and just continue on when you feel like it. Um, some okay. of us are just power through kind of readers. Um, if you can do that with 30 books plus, then that's great. But other than that, like for me, I, I'm not these long series person. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes it's, it's a mentality and mind frame that you have to get into in Definitely. terms of like, okay, I'm going to read an Eve Dallas book. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to read all 78 books. Um, and, and I think Is that's... Is that how many there are? Probably. Oh my. <laughs> I actually don't know. But the okay. um, the idea of the expected is, is is just that, right? You can come back to it. Right. It's, it's not right. There's no there's no pressure to be like, oh, I need to finish the entire series or something. I mean, obviously, the character has been around for 20 years. They're still going to be waiting for you if you want to go back to it. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. So, um, and then there's the question of, well, how many do I read to feel like I'm part of this? Like this is part of my expected category now. Yeah, I would say one. 
I mean, you know, from 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 my perspective, if you don't like the first book in, in a series, unless somebody is telling you that no, no, the second book is absolutely amazing and whatever, mm. um, stop there because yeah, uh, you know, it, it, if the first book doesn't grab you at all, I mean, it, it's probably not for you. Right. Um, that's that's the way I look at things. I, I've started series like that, and I'm just like, no, this is. Yeah. I think Dan Rice for me was like that. I, I read the first book, uh, Interview with the Vampire, and I'm, nope, this is not um, <laughs> something I'm enjoying. Um, I'm glad I read it. I have no regrets, but um, mm. and I can see why people like it, but this is not something I want to continue. Very optimistic of you. By the way, there's 50 seri- uh, fifty books in the Eve Dallas, or what do they call it, J.B. Robb yeah. uh, uh, series, and okay. several novellas. So maybe... Yeah. The count is close to 70. Yep, yep. <laughs> After you count the novellas. novellas. Yeah, the short stories too. So. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, All right. Upcoming is the last part of the theme. Last part of the theme is upcoming. I think when it comes to summer, um, publishers as well as the public in general are looking forward to movies, but also uh, book releases. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker, um, she's a famous actress, uh, started a publishing company recently called SJP Imprint, I believe. Um, and her goal was to sort of make big-hearted um, books uh, and promote uh, minorities and people with um, people who are marginalized. So the first book in the series is coming out, and I can't remember the title. So. Hold on, um, I'm looking Something here. Something about quitting. A quitter's paradise. A quitter's paradise. Okay. Um, <laughs> And the first book of this series is coming out called A Quitter's Paradise by Alicia Chang. Uh, Alicia Chang, this is her debut novel. Um, from the synopsis, it looks like an absolute uh, riot of a book because it's supposed to be comedic. Um, and it's all about sort of denying what is serious in her life. Uh, unfortunately, this book is not on Sela yet, but it is available on uh, audible.com and audible.ca. Um, but uh, an interesting book to look forward to uh again it sounds like a great uh summer read and i'm looking forward to it okay well that sounds really interesting um these this is just something that you're looking forward to reading absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. okay cool and what else can we um look forward to uh i think you know there's several lists that come out during the during the summertime um one of the ones that caught my eye from uh npr uh some time back was uh traveling the world uh with books um, so the title of the article is How to Travel the World, uh, 10 Books to Travel the World. And they've got an interesting spread of, uh, of authors from different places as well as different locales. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the books on the list I have mentioned before is The Red Palace by um, June Hur, I believe. And uh, it's a fantastic book. And I'm looking forward to reading some of the other ones um, that, are, that are on the list. Yeah, there are books that I think just over the last couple of years we've talked about, especially if you're one of the stragglers at the end of the um, book club meeting calls and, you know, recommendations are flying around and some of them stick, but they haven't actually been read yet by the collective, I mean. Yes. Uh, one of the ones I read, which most of the book club has read, is, is, is also Mad Honey, which was a fantastic book. I think we talk, spoke about that last week. Right. Uh, we are doing the Firekeeper's or Firekeeper's Daughter, um, which is uh, sort of in uh, <laughs> in the eye of, of a lot of book clubs these days. So uh, looking mm-hmm. forward to that as well uh, for the upcoming week, um, which is an Indigenous um, fiction book. So I am 
paying attention to the conscientiousness of recommendations and and books these days uh you know deeper conversations representation is like right in the the mix of what we talk about when we're recommending uh and then obviously like you know everything we talked about already comfortable or what we're in the mood for etc etc uh light reads but still the themes are pretty prolific they, they are and, and can be you know we had a trend a while ago with all these library books and books about libraries and things um mm-hmm. you know we, we get tend to get these these little trends every now and then and uh, i think right now it's historical fiction um there's a lot of historical fiction sort of floating around um but i think you're right i mean i think there is a, a bigger lens on on minorities and and just bringing to light authors that that we typically don't see um uh, in the author space these days uh, or in the past, I should say. Um, yeah. So it, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of these um, novels from the uh, the list I was looking at in terms of, uh, this was also a article online in terms of upcoming summer uh, articles, uh, sorry, an article on summer reads. And a lot of the articles are debut authors, which is which is refreshing. Um, it's not just, mm-hmm. you know, well-known big names that are that are starting to come out. Um, as I mentioned, Lisha Chang is, is one of them. Uh, I did a little bit of background um, on her, and she's actually she actually teaches uh, fiction writing, uh, and this is, you know, is at the university level. So this is her first book, but she's obviously no stranger to writing in general. I mean, she's she's had a career in it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, what this book is about. Excellent. Excellent, Amir. We have uh, come to the end of the episode, but you've given us tons to think about, especially going into the summer for reads, and you'll be back in July anyway. Uh, So looking forward to it, man. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take care. Amir Khan joins us at the end of the month on AMI Audiobook Review. Next week, we'll be checking in with our friends from the Center for Equitable Library Access. I'm Ramia Amuthan. Our technical producer this week was Jacob Shymansky. Thanks for his help. And until next week, happy audiobook listening. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.